Smart, fun, intelligent talk <laughs> with Armstrong and Getty. Morning 6 to 10. An iHeart Radio station. Talk 650. KSTE. Rancho Cordova, Sacramento. I will tell you this. If you take your kids to a Spider-Man movie, when they come out of the theater, they will do a lot of jumping about. Yes. Jumping on uh, park benches and this and that and swinging around. I did the same thing when I left. <laughs> and wishing they could spray webs at people. Sure. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Senator Kamala Harris officially launching her 2020 presidential campaign Sunday, making the announcement at a packed rally in front of her city hall in her hometown of Oakland. With fidelity to country and with the fighting spirit I got from my mother, I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for President of the United States. The Oakland Police Department estimating that more than 20,000 people attended that event. Which is a giant crowd, although that's her hometown, yes. so who knows what that means in terms of her uh, her appeal nationwide. I heard one guy interviewed, he said, you know, if Amy Klobuchar had her announcement within a mile of my house, I'd probably have gone to that. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Some real enthusiasm. Willie Brown is out, uh, did an interview, he yeah. said, yeah, I dated Kamala Harris, we dated, so what? Which, is that just you going around as an old man talking about the hot women you used to date? Yes. I think that's all that is. I'm telling everybody, as the yeah. old punchline goes. <laughs> a Rancho Cordova nurse now facing charges for allegedly running an illegal online pharmacy that sold more than 20,000 opioid prescription pills to customers nationwide. 46-year-old Carrie Marcus used dark web internet accounts to make the sales. I could no longer open up a dark web internet account than I could take flight. But she must really know her medicine and her uh, her dark web stuff. Yeah, federal agents arresting her Thursday on charges of conspiracy and distribution of fentanyl. Oh my God, the drug that's killing people worldwide. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice way to make a living, baby. Over two million tourists. Visit the famously crooked section of Lombard Street in San Francisco each year, and now complaints of vandalism and congestion from locals could actually increase fees for visitors. There's an idea that would charge visitors $5 on weekdays to drive down the road and $10 on weekends. Well, the paying wouldn't be the problem. It'd be the how you pay the congestion of the paying process. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Yep. Yeah, and just, you got to stop and give somebody money? No. Just close it. I did it a million years ago. It's just, it's just, it's just nothing. It's it nothing. is it is 50 degrees in Lincoln right now. 50 in Carmichael as well. You got the Sacramento Kings losing to the oh, Clippers 122 to 108. I'm Marshall Phillips. Those are your Sacramento headlines. And now another astonishing hour of Armstrong and Getty. Because they've got all these emails and text messages that he created that tell a pretty clear story. And I think it's going to be very difficult for a jury to listen to that and conclude that it wasn't what he was trying to do. That's Chris Christie talking about Roger Stone. I don't know. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Who knows? Whatever. I'm just going to wait. You wait and tell me. You know, our um, colleague Mike Slater on the wonderful KFMB, um, 
was asking him a question the other day about uh, Cohen or somebody. And he said, you know what? I decided a long time ago not to follow this whole Mueller investigation. Wow. Wait, so you he, can do that? He said, you guys can talk about it. He said, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to wait till it comes out. And discuss yeah. it. So, hey, that's, that's a choice. You know, I was listening to the news about Kamala Harris and thinking, it's, I mean, it's barely January, but it's still January of 2019. That's one way to look at it. 11 months till the actual election year. And the election is 11 months into that. So it's very close to two years away, the election. Yes. You look at it that way, and it seems like, why would you discuss this at all? If you look at it in, in as in five and a half months from now is the first debate, it's, you know. Mm, well, you're into it, which is fine. You get to be into it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's a little like looking at the baseball standings after a week. To me. Yeah, but... but to, uh, the truth will out. T- teams don't get eliminated in the first week in, in in Major League Baseball. As a lifelong Cubs fan, I'd like to debate that assertion. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't... Well, it depends. If you're into it, you're into it. I find the personalities and the strategies interesting and fun. It's, it's about the game as opposed... The playing of the game as opposed to the result, purely the result. Oh yeah, I've got two minds on it. There's the the, the result part is uh, completely separate from the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But the fact that Joe Biden came out on Friday and said, "Hey, I got a secret to share with you. I like Republicans." Yeah. I thought, wow. Okay, you're going to stake out that spot. Sure, that's a hell of a move. That's yeah. a uh, that's a flea flicker pass. It was a surprising. Wow, look at that. Uh, I get it. Because Hillary called Republicans evil or whatever, right? Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. Deplorables, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, I was in a conversation with my wife once. I'd uh, I'd already heard the outcome of a football game, but I was watching it nonetheless. She said, "Why are you watching it? You know who won." And I said to her, "If I just wanted to know who won, I'd read it the next sure. day on the but internet." Of course, yeah. So yeah, it's it's fun to watch the game. On the other hand, I do occasionally think, "Wait a minute, this is January of 2019," and we'll see how it goes. So, uh, old Willie, Willie Brown, former Speaker of the Assembly in Corruptifornia for many years, <coughs> who's out and proud saying, heck yeah, I, I went there. Kamala Harris and I used to date. Yeah, what about it? Oh, yeah. He says, I'm, no, nobody asked. Why did you just say that? I'm telling everybody. <laughs> I've been peppered with calls from the national media about my, quote, relationship with Kamala Harris, most of which I have not returned. Yes, we dated, says old Willie. It was more than 20 years ago. Yes, I may have influenced her career by appointing her to two state commissions when I was assembly speaker. That's very nice. Phony assembly commissions where you get paid and do very little and you're corrupt and you just do what lobbyists tell you in many cases. Uh, anyway, I begged Arnold Schwarzenegger for one of those jobs. <laughs> uh, I can be bought. Uh, and I certainly helped her with her first race for district attorney in San Francisco. I have also helped the careers, writes Willie. Of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Governor Gavin Newsom, Senator Dianne Feinstein, and a host of other politicians. Um, yeah, but you didn't, which is true. you didn't sleep with them. That's why I they're asking. I don't know. I don't know. Gavin seems awfully fond of Willie. What? The difference is that Harris is the only one who, after I helped her, sent word that I would be indicted if I, quote, so much as jaywalked while she was DA. That's interesting. I'd forgotten about that. That's politics for you, writes Willie. Well, that's because when she became DA, and everybody was talking about the fact that she and Willie had been together, 
that was the height of Willie Brown's miraculous record of real estate deals, which makes Hillary Clinton, Whitewater, and the cattle futures look, you know, mediocre. You know, if, a, if ground suddenly became miraculously valuable because the state wanted to do something with it, Willie was part owner in a couple of cases. Eh, what are you going to do? Don't Kamala Harris and um, uh, Elizabeth Warren have to be wondering, hey, how did Howard Schultz get on 60 Minutes? Because he says he's not going to run from either party. Is that why he got elevated? Because, I mean, that's a good yeah, platform. Starbucks. That's a heck of a good platform, though. They, I'm sure their people pitched 60 Minutes to do their first big interview and launch their campaign and got turned down. Because yeah. everybody would pitch 60 Minutes. Sure. And Schultz got it. I think he got the Starbucks thing. Yeah. I mean, it's ubiquitous around the globe. And <clears throat> the independent thing's a good hook as well. Everybody expecting him to run as a Democrat because he clearly is one. But, uh, you know, we shall see. I like, uh, you know, I was rooting for chaos and ugliness in the last race, and I got it more than I anticipated. Um, There's going to be a heck of a lot of chaos and nuttiness in this one. No doubt. they got to start taking each other down. They have to. Mm -hmm. You have no choice. Or, you know, you run it up the flagpole and see who salutes. Uh, Two-thirds of them, nobody's going to salute. Kirsten Gillibrand is is, uh, completely out of her mind. Nobody cares. We got She's one just that, in New York, in the New York media and all, so she thinks she is. We got one guy got out. <clears throat> right. He's, he's already out. Uh, and he'll be missed. He will be missed. Richard Ojeda. Ah, too bad. Former West Virginia state senator. He's out. Don't be a hater. Vote for Ojeda. He said he's ended his long shot presidential bed. I don't want to see people send money to a campaign that's probably not going to get off the ground. Ah. It's uh, very manly of him. Well done, sir. Now, Howard Schultz did say last night on 60 Minutes, and the guy's got as much money as Trump, that he'd be willing to spend, I think, $300 million on the campaign, he said? Yeah. That has never happened before. I'd kind of like to see that happen as an experiment. I'm surprised that hasn't happened before. How come there hasn't been a a billionaire um, who's willing to spend a billion dollars? Look, I got tens of billions of dollars. Right. I don't care if I spend a billion. Schultz, they think, has three, was it? Yeah. Spend a third of it. You still got two. Somebody gives me $2 billion, I live a happy life. Although, you know, I have a feeling he wants to do other things with it. Because he seems like a guy with a conscience. He seems like a good human being. He does. I disagree with him on a lot of political stuff, but I don't think he's a bad guy. And I'm sure he'd like to go uh, Bill Gates and, and, and do some charitable stuff. But, yeah, he indicated a willingness to spend 300 mil, which is pretty good. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a third of a super heavyweight presidential campaign. Already taken model, care of. modern standards, yeah. Oh, and I want to get to Elizabeth Warren and her wealth tax thing. But first, this is a request by a listener, Brandon. Um, and, and my uh, don't be a hater, vote for Ojeda uh, brilliance reminded me of this. Uh, Joe, he writes, uh, I work for a large company doing sales. In a few days, the sales team will all be together for a training yes. exercise. Each region has been asked to come up with a chant that incorporates the phrase, we will. And we will be asked to share our chance with the other regions. I know you have a knack for creating awesome chants. I have often said that I wish creating chants was a line of work, because I would be good at it. So let's see. All I know is that they're in sales, and it has to have the phrase, we will. Right, this is this is quite a challenge. I don't have a we lot to work. We will not chant. We will not chant. Well, no? no? No, that's right. that's that would be a dream come true. Come true. We will sell pills. We. I'm assuming they're big pharma here. <laughs> We will sell, but what if they're not? The chant would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
we will show enthusiasm till this meeting ends. We will show enthusiasm. That's what I would chant at one of those meetings where you're forced to chant. We will mock you when this is done. We were pointing at the organizer. That's what I'd go with, Brandon. And he signs off curiously with PPOP SM CFM. Please pet one of Positive Sean's many cats for me. That's uh, thanks, Brandon. He readily brings him in. Honestly, it's like when my kids would chant in the back seat of my wife's truck on the way to school because it's so uh, full of stuff. Less stuff, more freedom. Less stuff, more freedom. They would chant. Wow. Because there's no place to put their feet. <laughs> Specifically, feet freedom they yeah, were looking exactly. for. Yeah. So, everybody in the uh, Democratic race, well, most of them are climbing over each other to be more progressive than thou, including Elizabeth Warren, who's cooked up the idea of a wealth tax. I would like to stick a pin in that balloon and get rid of it immediately, then we'll move on to other things. It's a terrible idea. Something else I wanted to tell you about. Give me uh, just a second. We got tons of stuff oh, that's not oh, political, oh, oh, too. Some amazing poll numbers out. Pretty interesting in how people feel about the Mueller probe and all that sort of stuff. Maybe I'll get to those at some point. Huh? You're going to be surprised by some of these attitudes. LA's building a $5 billion stadium for the Rams without taxpayer money. Might be the model for stadiums going uh, forward. Interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Fans of our on-demand show, we now have a brand new daily podcast. We're calling it Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Yeah, it's where we just talk about something else that didn't fit into the show. And sometimes we use naughty language. Yes! Not often, though, because it's naughty. Finally! Find it right now via the iHeart app. Just search for Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. My chance to work blue! The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is nothing that is At what age do U.S. parents think their kids' knowledge of tech outstrips their own? This seems a little low to me, and I'm a Luddite. 8.7, which would be almost exactly my oldest son's age. Mm. I don't know. There's some stuff he does better than me. No doubt about it. So, uh, Elizabeth Warren's big gambit, well, her second big gambit, her first one, of course, <clears throat> drinking a beer. I think I'm going to get me a beer. <laughs> the clap is really key to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And then she's re- relaxed. And then slapping your husband on the rear. Yeah. I'm going to get me a beer. Thanks for being here, honey. I live here. <laughs> Yes. Please clap. This is our kitchen. <laughs> why? Why? This, this is where I, I heard my... that noise out here, and I wonder what was going on. This is where I get my sandwiches. Who are you talking to? Oh, I'm just talking to the internet and <laughs> drinking a beer. I'm gonna get me a beer. Exactly. Anyway. So anyway, she's offering a uh, <clears throat> plan uh, for a wealth tax for the super rich. How now, rich? How rich you got to be? If you got, uh, wait a second, I had it in front of me seconds ago. If you got uh, fifty million or more, because we once had assets a, minus debts. We once had a tax 
for one guy in the United States. Mm-hmm. A tax rate that only applied to one person. Right. Rockefeller? I think it was Rockefeller, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it would uh, tax wealth at over $50 million at 2%. That you make it or have it? Have it. Oof. If you have it, they take 2% a year from you. If you I, have... I don't like the idea of taxes for having money. Because uh, you might have saved, you might have done all kinds of things. Over $1 billion would be taxed at 3%. Now, this tax would only hit a tiny sliver of the super rich. 75,000 families have $50 million or more. And according to uh, Elizabeth Warren, would generate $275 billion a year. Wouldn't you just immediately find a way to move those some, that money somewhere else? There are quite a number of problems. This plan is Utterly unworkable. Listen, I am no defender of the crazy rich. A lot of them got that way. A lot of them through crony capitalism that those of us on the libertarian side of things loathe. It's not the free market you're mad at. It's the opposite of it that you're mad at. Wall Street owns Washington, not the other way around. But anyway. Yeah, when I say we had a tax rate one time that applied to one guy, I think J.D. Rockefeller, um, We've had plenty of tax policies. There are plenty of lines in the tax code that apply to, if not one guy, one corporation or one circumstance that only benefits them, and they were able to buy that into the tax code. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what percentage of the regulations that exist for your safety, quote-unquote, actually exist to benefit big companies so no small startups can come in. Every company involved in the production of bird seed must have an entire compliance department. Right. And, uh, well, that stops anybody from coming up. Anyway, um, here are your problems with the Elizabeth Warren plan, and they're fatal problems. As Jack pointed out, so I've got $50 million. What if I convert a big chunk of that? First of all, goodbye. I'm going home now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not yapping at you on the radio anymore. I'm a man who craves leisure. So I got $50 million. What if I convert a chunk of it to gold? I mean, if it's if it's all reportable financial instruments, bank accounts, essentially, then the government knows about it. What if I convert it to gold? What if I p- convert it to al- alpacas? What if I just buy a giant yacht and, and keep it in a, a slip in uh, Mallorca, Spain? What if I instance? buy a house in Spain? Well, right. So you could claim, nah, I lost it gambling. I don't have it anymore, which would mean the government would have to have inspectors that would go through your home and all your stuff and track down all the places your wealth could be worldwide to figure out how much wealth you still have. It's probably worth noting at this point, France tried this and collected a fifth of what they estimated they would collect because the super wealthy found ways to you know evade taxes, according to a guy in the Washington Post. Or hide their assets. I think it was Denmark and another one of the Scandinavian countries tried this and then dropped it because it didn't work. Then the super high tax rate, That's uh, the, the England tried that, and that's why the Beatles moved to France. Right. And the Stones and, and anybody else who was making a lot of money. So you got the government like detective inspectors going around the rest of the time. And then here's the scary part to me. The problem in the Scandinavian countries was all that capital just fled. Guy said, okay, fine, bye. And moved somewhere else because they're super wealthy and took all that wealth with them. Well, Elizabeth Warren's answer to this is, get this, a 40% exit tax. If you're going to leave the United States, you've got to pay a 40% of your wealth exit tax. Now, that, my friends, 
is the stuff of totalitarian governments. They will punish you for trying to leave. There's no free society on earth that won't let you leave if you want to go. None. You may remember me, conservative lunatic Joe Getty, criticizing Donald Trump for saying Guatemala and 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 uh, and uh, what's its name down there, Honduras, ought to do something about their people leaving. And I said, no, only totalitarian regimes force their people to stay. So I think it's a really good illustration of the inevitability of, of that sort of oppression and socialism. It's the only way to make it work. You've got to compel people. If people aren't working for their own self-interest, you've got to compel them with punishments. 40% leaving fee. Please. Are we East Germany now, Elizabeth? Half of Americans lack confidence in Mueller's final report, according to a new Washington Post ABC poll. That's a problem. Whoops. Uh, we'll talk about that at some point, I suppose. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, one Democratic presidential candidate really hitting the ground running today. Situation in Venezuela taking more and more ugly turns. And we've got the FDA warning about blood pressure meds. Coming up. I'll stay tuned for all these things. This is um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Is that what that is? That used to be a show. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of taxes, there's been some uh, media stories about this. So Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski... Got together on the set of Morning Joe, left their spouses, and are now married. And uh, they have, as of late, been doing their show from Juniper, Florida. They have a Washington, D.C. backdrop behind them to make it look like they're still in D.C. and split screen with all their guests. But they actually have been in Florida, and there is a lot of speculation that it's because it reduces their tax burden by roughly (laughs) (sighs) $550,000. Scarborough makes about $8 million a year, pays 7% in Connecticut, no state income tax in Florida, so saves over half a million dollars a year by broadcasting down in Florida. So they're down in Florida trying to pretend they're in D.C. with Plus the various backgrounds. Uh, income, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Sexist. Women can work, too, now. So that's, that's one of the problems with the whole high-tax thing. The, the super-rich get out of it. That would be hilarious if those great two leading lights of... Big government and high taxes had fled to Florida. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, thought that was an interesting story. It's all such a yeah. game, man. Some of your favorite heroes on the TV are just their actors. Man, when are you going to wake up? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's with the lingo there, dude? Just tired of it. Man. <laughs> There it is again. (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, She's certainly getting a lot of attention. California Senator Kamala Harris officially running for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. Harris launching her campaign at rally in the hometown of Oakland yesterday, recalling how 30 years earlier in that very same hometown, she uh, was a young attorney. As a young district attorney, I walked into the courtroom for the first time and said the five words that would guide my life's work. Kamala Harris for the people. No, no, no! Kamala Harris for the people. No, no! Kamala Harris for the people. 
that's how you deliver that line. She'll go nowhere. She has no future. <laughs> Harris addressing doubters, perhaps some within her own party. They'll say, it's not your time. They'll say, wait your turn. Boo! They'll say, the odds are long. But America's story has always been written by people who can see what can be unburdened by what has been. I haven't heard anybody say any of those things she said people are saying. I'm also told by an experienced political sage who's been following her for a long time, she's as likable and authentic as Hillary. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I hear. I find her more likable than that, but I haven't seen that many interviews with her. The five words that kind of motivate my life path is barbecue brisket and a pilsner. (laughs) Which is perfectly good. She sounded a little bit like Tom Brady there. Who's been saying, people say we can't win. People say we're no good. You're the favorite going into the season. (laughs) You've won more than anybody's ever won. Kamala Harris, you're the you're the favorite, according to everybody who studies this for their living. Some people say <laughs> the odds are long, except for everybody who makes these sorts of decisions. They say you're the most likely to win. So, all right, I find it almost impossible that she's not one of the final two or three. Right? Well, right. So now we'll have to see, Sean. You're getting ahead of your skis. <laughs> so all the experts say you're the current leader by having just announced, and you're running against. One of the most unpopular presidents in the first term ever. So I don't know exactly what this whole back against the wall, nobody said I had a chance thing is. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. It really is Tom Brady-esque. People think we suck. No, nobody thinks you suck. What? <laughs> Meanwhile, things are getting more and more precarious and mysterious in Venezuela. A Kremlin spokesman is now rejecting reports that Russian mercenaries were dispatched to Venezuela to protect Nicolas Maduro. It comes as the Venezuelan president faces a growing protest movement and an opposition politician who has declared himself the country's leader. Maduro now accusing the U.S. of orchestrating a coup against him after the opposition leader came forward. I heard the story misreported, as usual, by uh, some of, somebody in the mainstream media. It might have been NPR this morning. They were talking about how Maduro was holding meetings with the military brass and praising them and that he was trying to woo them to his side look what Maduro is doing is bribing them to his side which is what you always do as a dictator the top military brass the generalissimos are getting bribed pure and simple and he just upped their pay the colonels below them are getting some decent coin and they're operating in a bit of fear because they don't want to be the ones to turn Uh, starting with your captains on down to your corporals and your privates they are motivated purely by fear because the guys above them are getting bribed so much. If a couple of the privates get together and say Maduro's got to go, they will be up against the wall. So as long as Maduro's meager cash supply holds out, right, right, and that is that is what he needs Russia for and China for. As long as he has cash in the treasury to pay off the Henrolisimos, he stays. The minute he doesn't, all of a sudden they think Guaido's a handsome young man and, <laughs> yes. and the hope of the country. Guaranteed. It's Dictator 101. The Food and Drug Administration says there may be a shortage of blood pressure medicine due to a series of recalls. The yeah, agency... I, I was on one of these drugs, got recalled, so now I'm on a different one. Yeah. This one's getting recalled. Yeah. Hey, China, keep the rats out of your blood pressure right. medicine factories, would you? Yeah, Valsartan products being recalled. Dozens and dozens of uh, batches of them. 
apparently because they contain trace amounts of contaminants that can potentially cause cancer. So now all of a sudden yeah. we're facing a shortage there. Yeah, it's it's the height of caution. It's trace amounts right. of substances that could conceivably cause cancer. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's Back a- when I was on Days of Our Lives, Val Sarton was my, uh, my stage <laughs> name. It's my acting name, but... That's, Nobody cares. Those days are behind me. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Character died all the time, but he always came back. Yeah, but yeah. I, I was. Yeah. most of my scenes were shirtless. I was, uh, <laughs> I was the pool boy for all the rich people there in, in the town. <laughs> when do we have Chris Christie on, Hanson? I know he's got, he's making the rounds. Soon as he's done with lunch, huh? Soon as he's done with lunch. <laughs> you know. Some days I'm disgusted by jokes make like fun that. of him. A week, Shut up, Michael. A week from tomorrow, so he will have talked to everybody, including your next-door neighbor. By the time he gets to us. Easy. Easy. In a world-exclusive, Armstrong and Getty will talk to Chris Christie. We'll ask the question no one else did. Yes. We, you know what? We will, Sean. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. That's fine. And you weeds out a lot of the, the easy simpleton questions. My mom and dad grew up in Jersey. There you go. We'll bond. You got a special in. I lived in New Jersey. Vacation to New Jersey? Please. I watched The Sopranos. I like to pour my big bag of M&M's into a little handy-to-carry bag of M&M's. <laughs> Get them all out now, you guys. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we got right. that in common. <laughs> wow. Never forget. Some poll numbers came out over the weekend to show you where we are as a nation. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. in Mueller's final report. Also, majority of people believe uh, Trump should have to, or they should go after Trump's taxes and get them released. And uh, support for impeachment is dropping. Some conflicting numbers there. Maybe we'll get into them in a little bit in a poll that was done or came out over the weekend. But I wanted to talk about this because this also came out over the weekend. That new Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, which debuted at the Sundance Film Festival over the weekend. I read a lot about it. Um, it's a two-part documentary. Um, they had, I don't know if this was a publicity stunt or if it was legit. I could believe it being legit. They had therapists on hand for anybody who was bothered so much by the movie that they felt like they wanted to talk to somebody. If you were molested as a child, I could see how you might be. I would suggest you don't go to that movie if you were molested yeah. as a child. But um, I read a lot of statements from people who saw it, and they said it is heavy. Yeah, I, I read some of the particulars, and it's yeah. it's gruesome. And you've got a number of, I think it's three men, but specifically two that are featured the most. That is, young boys got into Michael Jackson's orbit and, and you know, tell the whole story that we've heard from USA Swimming or the Catholic Church or wherever else of this sort of grooming and everything else and molestation and... And stuff that ain't cool. Uh, and these these guys, because uh, they were asked about it, they were not paid a cent. They just wanted to. Uh, they just wanted to tell their story. The Jackson family is out with a statement today because I the thought documentary... they were suing the uh, the estate. 
That could be true. Yeah. They said yeah. they didn't get paid a dollar for the yeah, okay. for the movie, but they yeah. could be suing the estate. I don't yeah. know. Um, and I don't know. Am I bothered by that? Well, that doesn't make them liars. No. Um. Uh, the family has put out a statement, Jackson's family, calling the documentary Leaving Neverland a public lynching. Well, it either is or it isn't. And then it's a bunch of lies. That's the question we're asking. The hashtag Me Too thing is so interesting. I don't even know how it works in my own mind. Things that we knew but thought, eh, what are you going to do about? Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, number of other things. Or things we joked about. Now, in retrospect, seem like things you shouldn't joke about. Right. Or why didn't we take those seriously before? I don't know. It's weird. I don't even understand how it works in my own mind. But I think this might be happening with Michael Jackson right now, where the whole country like knew or believes he's a child molester. He, you know, believed these stories. And like, what are you going to do? I think it used to be if he were unconvicted, the legal system has spoken. You can't judge somebody. You know, we have a system for that. And it was a criminal matter. Harvey Weinstein, likewise. And nobody's accused him. No, he hasn't been arrested. He hasn't been tried. So I just, I'm not going to judge a person over just, you know, stuff I've heard. Now, you know, if there's enough weight to the the number or the seriousness of allegations, we, we want to judge and punish before the judicial system or in addition to the judicial system, which I think in some cases is appropriate. You have to be awfully careful. But just because they can't nail down a Harvey Weinstein necessarily, but you got two-thirds of the women in Hollywood saying he's a monster, well, I get to hate him. Should radio stations still be playing Michael Jackson music? Should the MTV Vanguard Awards still be named for Michael Jackson? Should I, I, I was in a store yesterday, and they were jamming some Jacko. I think it was, uh, you want to be starting something, that song? Um, and I was grooving to it. I was digging it as I was looking at stuff. And... um and I thought, wait a minute, this is Jacko. He's, uh, you know, uh, well, he's probably a child rapist. So this is a little weird. Yeah, as I tweeted over the weekend, if you substitute priest or swim coach or whatever else for the Michael Jackson stories in this movie, you know, you're pretty harsh in your judgment. Nobody's playing R. Kelly right now, true? True. And his record label dropped him, and radio stations have dropped the music. Um, will that happen with Jacko? I, I don't know. And Do we then still get to listen to the Jackson 5? Because presumably he didn't do anything when he was a child. And there's the, you brought this up last week, there's the he had a horrible childhood thing. But mm-hmm. as I also tweeted over the weekend, you should follow our Twitter. El Chapo had a horrible childhood. I read about it. Awful. His dad was a monster. I don't hear a lot of excuses being made for his lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. We actually got an email on this topic that I thought was really, really good. It might take me a minute to come up with it, but the guy was quoting um, Pete Wilson, of all things, former governor of California, who was asked to pardon or lessen the um, the sentence of a, a terrible, terrible murderer who'd committed horrifying crimes um, based on the fact that he had an awful childhood. Um, oh, man, I can't find it. I knew that happened. Most um, most child molesters had an awful childhood. Well, yeah, and and a lot of violent criminals yep. too. Yep. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of good people who have had horrible childhoods as well. Very. Right. I I know. I I know quite a few of them actually who have done nothing terrible. Yeah. That's a good point also. Yeah. And um. And what Pete Wilson said. I'm taking one final scan to see if I can find it. Um. He said essentially, you know, I I appreciate knowing this, and I think I probably understand a little better what kind of person this is. 
but he said, um, his childhood I feel terrible about, but all the decisions he made as an adult, he's still responsible for. And while it's a shame, that's what the law says. Well, and if you if you don't use that standard and then the whole thing falls apart, I don't know. Yeah, it would be very, very difficult to have a system where, I mean, jury by jury, you've got to decide, okay, that was a sucky childhood, but he had like a really positive baseball coach, and he seemed to be happy when he was playing baseball, but he did get beat up at home, so mm, 10 years for him. I mean, once you get into that universe, you're just Perfect example. Last night, 60 Minutes. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz talking about his dad beating him bloody in the bathtub. I mean, pretty rough story. Yeah. Howard Schultz went the direction he went. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, if people aren't responsible for their own actions as adults, the whole system breaks down. There's a blurring of the line of fault and responsibility. It, It is not your fault that you had a horrible childhood growing up. But it is your responsibility to not let that impact society in a bad way as you grow older. Yeah, it's easier for me to say that because oh, yeah. I did not have a horrible childhood. Oh, sure. It's, it's yeah. It's, this is not to minimize the tragedy of you know of child abuse not. or whatever, but yeah. But we don't give a lot of other people a pass, and we are given or have given Michael Jackson a pass, and I just wonder if that's going to continue. I mean, some of the details, um, staying away from the you know the the, the sex stuff, which was just a little bit hard to read, well, more than a little bit hard to read some of it, but. Uh, his, his training these kids on how to get dressed really fast if, you know, somebody came to the door when they're together naked in bed. They're little kids. Wow. And, and Jacko showering the moms and dads, usually from troubled families, with all kinds of money and trips and stuff. Just so they didn't ask questions. They got right. addicted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a quote from Pete Wilson. He was talking about one Robert Harris. As great as is my compassion for Robert Harris the child, I cannot excuse or forgive the choice made by Robert Harris the man. There you go. Be interesting to see where this Jacko thing goes. Radio stations dump the most popular musical artist of all time. Final thoughts with Armstrong Gang. That's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna need to hear that many times. That's an interesting voice. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from Marsha Phillips, her esteemed newsman. Marshall, I, I want to get the word out. I have had to definitely cancel my annual State of the Union drinking party because even though the government has been reopened, the SOTU is still off for tomorrow night. Date what? to be announced oh, later. Oh, man. Positive Sean, do you have a final thought? Yeah, I love the the, uh, the visual of Jack Armstrong in a theater watching an animated Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I don't care that he was with his kids. I just, I'm, that vision makes me happy. Michelangelo, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, the only thing that'd be better is if he had 3D glasses on as he's watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to music, film, and books, you can love the art but hate the artist. And that's where I'm at, I think. Mm. Yeah, well said. Jack, as co-host, I'm sure you have a final thought. Lay it on us. Yeah, I took my kids to the movie. Ended up costing 60 bucks because uh, between the tickets and the stuff at the concession stand. Gotta, gotta eliminate the concession stand. I have to talk to my kids about that. I grew up without the concession stand, just it's too expensive. That's what I tell them. It's too expensive. And I go there time and time again, they never make any concessions. So I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Eight dollars for popcorn? Yeah, how about four? That'd be a concession. <laughs>
Uh, my final thought is twice now, twice in the last four days. I have planned on buying something. I've discussed with my wife that I was going to buy it. I have the money to buy it. I got to the store. I looked at it and thought, I don't want to buy that and walked out again. I don't know what's wrong with me. I need to go to the doctor. That's what I needed to do with the popcorn. Shopping uh, therapy, you know, just right. momentary joy because I spent money and supporting the economy used to be enough for me. I don't know. I, maybe it's depression. Try giving it to me. <laughs> do you need a new putter? I could use one. Okay. We should get to the poll numbers on the whole Mueller investigation, investigating Trump thing. It's kind of interesting to see where America is. It's a it's a mishmash. It's not all consistent one way. Where is America on the next Armstrong and Getty show? There you go. We're uh, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. How about that other guy's voice? Where is America? Final thought. You can mail us. Email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. To Sam Farrier underestimates how sorry I am. Armstrong and Getty.